The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 3036. The latest episode of the Andor series debuts at the same time that the audio version of this episode drops, so no spoilers for Andor today. Instead, I've got a review of Quest for the Hidden City, which is the next High Republic novel in Phase 2, Wave 1. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So Quest for the Hidden City is a novel by George Mann. He is one of the new writers to be joining the High Republic Storytelling Initiative. He has written other Star Wars work before and I will say that some of his particular storytelling talents are especially on display in this new novel as well. It's a novel that is intended for middle grade readers, so just in in case you need the delineation, there's the adult novels from Del Rey, and then there's the young adult novels for a slightly younger audience, and then there's the middle grade readers for the even slightly younger audience. It goes on to say that their investigation leads them to the planet Gloam, a ravaged world said to be haunted by mythical monsters. But the situation on Gloam is more complicated and perilous than they think. A hyperspace explorer named Spence and his son Das are also stranded on the planet and they quickly learn that the mythical monsters are very real and very dangerous. Can the Jedi find the missing Pathfinders, save Das and Spence, and unravel the mystery of the monsters? The answers lie in a hidden city beneath the planet's surface. So yes, <laughs> they are able to solve the mystery. And as far as whether everyone survives, well, I won't get too spoilery here, but I will say that there is a difference I've come to notice between say young adult novels and middle grade novels where if anyone's gonna die in a young adult novel, it may actually happen on screen, so to speak, but if somebody of any kind of importance is going to die in a middle grade novel, it's going to happen off screen. But I won't get any more spoilery than that. I will say that because of George Mann's previous Star Wars work, particularly myths and fables and dark legends, I did wonder whether there was any link between them. And for a moment, I thought there was. There you know, is a whole mining situation involved with these quote unquote monsters. And it got me thinking about a story called The Wanderer in Myths and Fables, where a Jedi randomly shows up to help this town and it happens on three occasions. And one of those occasions has to do with monsters that are coming up because they mined too far down and they awaken these monsters or something like that. So it definitely put me in mind of it. And I went back to Myths and Fables to look at that story. And this is not necessarily it, but it is kind of interesting to see how similar stories can play out in other parts of the galaxy and maybe have kind of similar themes and ideas. And the discovery of this EX droid, the communications droid floating in space, I had a moment where I thought to myself, you know, there was a story in Star Wars Insider Magazine during the Attack of the Clones run where they were celebrating the 20th anniversary where somebody finds an EX droid or has an EX droid 
in their possession and goes to Dexter Jetster to ask about it. And <laughs> I had a moment where I was like, I bet it's the same droid. Well, it's not the same droid. It's certainly the same make. It is one of those EX models that they used in phase two of the High Republic. And I didn't remember it at the time, but it turned out that that Dexter Jetster story is also written by George Mann. So <laughs> crazy how the links are showing up. And we're finding out that Dexter Jetster is going to appear in Star Wars storytelling in phase two of the High Republic. He, according to that story in Star Wars Insider, used to be a prospector in his own right. So this opens up some very interesting avenues for, you know, connections and potential, you know, secret history kind of stuff. It's also cool to see Salandra show in action for the first time in phase two of the High Republic. Salandra was a Jedi Master who was previewed in stuff at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim earlier this year. And her philosophy is that she thinks of the Force as a shield to protect people and actually has a lightsaber shield for all intents and purposes. And if you think Captain America's shield is something to write home about, well, let me tell you, Salandra shows shield is going to be your new favorite and the things that she does with it would put captain america to shame the supporting cast is fun too particularly cam and amos who are two communications engineers that are a part of a pathfinder team their dynamic is very chip and dale like they're finishing each other's sentences and there's a bright-eyed optimism and enthusiasm about both of their attitudes which is very fun and really that is the kind of sensibility that is espoused by all of the pathfinder related folks including the jedi who appear in this novel as representatives of the republic they are just full of enthusiasm and optimism and just earnestly want to help in any way possible. As far as the structure of the storytelling goes, it felt a little bit different and I appreciated it from other Star Wars storytelling in that a lot of Star Wars storytelling that's been happening recently, chapter by chapter, you are switching perspectives and alternating perspectives between certain characters and whatnot. And it does start that way here as well. However, it does for a time line up on one thread and stay with that thread and those characters for a good chunk of time before it then starts to diverge into the alternate storylines and finally weaving everything together at the end. And there's a subplot that comes as a bit of a surprise about two-thirds of the way through. You get a couple of little hints at it as you go through the novel. But yeah, certainly I will say that I didn't necessarily see this one coming. The talk of monsters was certainly enough to create the jeopardy that everybody faces in the novel. But there is an additional layer that showed up that was also a bit of a pleasant surprise. Another thing the novel does that I think is interesting is essentially act as a bit of a commentary on our real world energy policies. Part of the reason why the Pathfinder teams had anything to do with what's going on in this particular world has to do with the way that they had been getting energy for their planet and needing a renewable source for it before their society crumbles for all intents and purposes. So yeah, there's that particular commentary. And also it happens that there is a war going on, which of course has been discussed in the opening crawl for phase two of the High Republic. So that war is apparently affecting everyone and their ability to get supplies to have this energy crisis resolved and yeah i suppose you could read a little something <laughs> into that as well 
And that also ties into the one thing that I was like, eh, I kind of wish that they hadn't done this <laughs> with this novel, which is that there's a bit of a spoiler at the end of the novel for other Star Wars storytelling, particularly Convergence, the novel by Zorada Cordova. But technically speaking, if you're aware of publisher summaries for other High Republic storytelling that hasn't yet been released, then maybe it wouldn't necessarily be a spoiler for you. But I was like, yeah, I don't know if they really needed to say something about that. It happens at literally the very last chapter of the novel, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the events of the novel itself. It's something that's happening completely outside the sphere, and I was like, nah, shucks, they didn't necessarily have to do that. Overall, though, I did enjoy the book, and particularly I enjoyed the fact that I think George Mann basically could have started with this idea of a myth of a fable that took place on Gloam and once he had the gist of that idea and how it would spin up into stories that could be told in the present day of this novel, that that's what was the seed of his idea for the story and how everything spun out from it. And then it just happens that we have this story taking place in a phase two of the High Republic setting. So yes, very cool leaning on his myth and fable storytelling strengths. And that right there is going to do it for my review of Quest for the Hidden City by George Mann, which is the middle grade novel for phase two, wave one of the High Republic. And that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. It just remains for me to say, thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, but their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.